This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. everyone and welcome back to the video junkyard podcast uh tonight we have a super exciting episode as we um actually have reached our 111th episode of the uh uh, video junkyard podcast so this is episode number 111 and we're actually gonna do something we don't usually do on the podcast night and that is we're going to attempt to in the next hour tackle two movies which are the start of a major film franchise in fantasy and sci-fi uh with me tonight are my Wonderful group of co-hosts, uh, Joe Peterson, hey Ryan Steitzko, hi, and David Andrews. Yo, hey, how's everybody doing this evening? Good, alive, Good. still alive, surviving a pandemic. Yeah, but <laughs> who wants to live forever, Ryan? Dude, don't make <laughs> me cry. That's right. <laughs> Waste yeah, so no time. <laughs> we uh. <laughs> In talking about getting kind of, a, we used to do a thing with the the video junkyard podcast where we would kind of theme a couple of consecutive nights of, of movies. So week to week, um, we'd have kind of a theme to the movies we were selecting. This back when it was Joe and I just kind of bouncing uh, movies off of one another, and um, kind of thought we would do something along those lines. But the premise of this one was uh, oddball sequels to successful or or at least good i should i'm still i'm only stammering because of our second week's pick because i'm not even sure the first of those uh films but anyway we'll get to that next (laughs) week and talk to it about so in this case we are talking about the oddball sequel to a movie that was um very well received and in fact could be called a classic and that movie of course since uh you hopefully picked up on david's little joke there is uh the 1986 russell mulcahy film highlander because you were born different men will fear you try to drive you away i am conor mcleod you know highlander you probably are also familiar with its 
equally infamous sequel, Highlander 2 The Quickening. Greetings, Highlander. You call? In all their centuries on Earth, nothing could have prepared them for the quickening. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Highlander 2, The Quickening. Yeah, so we were going to... Uh, initially, I think the idea was to do a show on Highlander 2, uh, but the idea that we would need to do so much comparing and contrasting it with the original kind of led us into doing a show where we will you know kind of discuss both films and then do exactly that kind of compare and contrast what is so different and about the sequel and different is probably the kindest word that you're going to hear in uh talking about the quickening so anyway i guess to start this whole thing off let's uh talk a little bit about the highlander um and since just prior to going on the air, I heard uh, Ryan say that David was the Highlander guy. So I think I'm going to pick on you, David, and, and uh, <laughs> tell us about, a little bit about your um, like history with Highlander and uh, what. Uh, are you really the Highlander guy? I I'm not so much the Highlander guy as Lies. I was as I was raised in Highlander. Um, my mother was a very uh, old school sci-fi nerd so I basically grew up with th- two or three things on the TV and that was either Star Trek, Highlander or no, maybe it was just two but that's besides <laughs> the point um, yeah so I just, I've seen Highlander a lot growing up because that was one of her favorite franchises whether it had been the TV show or the various movies throughout the years um, Joe, what what was your what has been i think you are similar to me and this has been a relatively recent discovery this has been a very recent discovery that was somewhat forced upon me but i guess in a welcomed way um (laughs) so yeah i i was familiar with the highlander series growing up i remember there was a tv show but i never saw it because i i didn't understand the references i i hadn't seen any of the movies you know it was those same kind of thing that we've mentioned before in the small town video store. They had the sequel available, but they didn't have the first one. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like a kid purist. It's like, well, I'm not going to watch the second one without understanding the context. In this case, it wouldn't really have mattered. But <laughs> yeah, You would have um, thought you missed out on a lot. You know, it, it, there's that stereotype that sequels are always worse than the originals. This is beyond that. This is totally different. Um, it's, it's, it's a whole other world. It is. It's a whole other Literally. thing. And so I I just kind of never grabbed at it. Um, I think at one point in high school, someone tried showing me the first movie, but we all got distracted with something, so I don't think I saw anything past like the first 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And then we got talking about it just a couple months ago, actually, maybe a year ago. And uh, Eric, you were nice enough for, for Christmas. I got a really nice <laughs> copy of Highlander. crazy person sent the movie to my house. Some, some <laughs> asshole sent me this goddamn thing. No, and I, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> but I hadn't gotten around to seeing any of the sequels. So I just saw the second one 
the other day, and uh, I, I'm still <laughs> kind of processing that. What's the joke on the internet? The it's the series that we we just said it a hundred times in our group chat, but the series that should be only one is that. A, oh, like, that, that David posted <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what what when was the first time you saw Highlander, and what's your kind of memory of it? When I had a friend force it down my throat. <laughs> um, so. It was David actually. Uh, I remember the night we were we were visiting. We had two friends from out of town visiting us, um, and they picked us up and we went to one of their places that they were staying. It was one of those friends that you have that don't actually, they were teenagers, mind you, like 17, 18, around there. And it's one of those situations where you have a friend who doesn't live with his parents because he doesn't get along with his parents, so he lives literally in different fucking spots uh, with just random friends. Like, it's not a foster care situation, it's just a, oh, Okay. Anyways, fun night. We all hung out, and David, we went to a library to rent movies because we're all fucking broke. And David's like, <laughs> Ryan, you need to watch Highlander. We need to watch Highlander. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Watched it, and that's still one of the most memorable nights just for that reason alone because it's like, holy fuck, I love Highlander. And he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, just stop there, though. You don't need to watch any of the others. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them. Heed my words, young ward. And he grabbed me by the collar <laughs> think I don't quite remember. It was just a lot of vortexes and shit. And just, well, there was at not, least. Do not go further beyond this point, except maybe least... two. You should maybe watch two. <laughs> you know, David, there was at least one good Bruce Wayne to dick uh, slap, just like in the old comic books. <laughs> yes, it was very much just slap me in the face. As don't watch beyond, maybe two, <laughs> just because it's so fucking ridiculous. And last night, literally last night, uh, I watched both movies. And two was the it was the first time I watched two and boy when we get there I got comments. Oh yeah, I think everybody's got comments. Include all the way back to you know when it was made in 1991. I think people have comments, but oh no, um, I'm pretty sure these comments are going to be quite strange uh, against the grain. <laughs> well, I think it's fitting, but mm. no, it's similar uh, to Joe. I had not seen Highlander growing up, except okay. Let me preface that I watched the television show on you the USA Network. Um, television show highlander uh growing up and wasn't really aware that it was based on anything outside of itself like i'm um and i enjoyed it and i saw episodes here and there i wouldn't say i was a huge fan but i saw it and i was aware of it being a thing um flash forward to i was in college and have a really good friend that in uh from college that this is one of his all-time favorite films and he's also a friend of mine that I, I respect, and we talk movies all the time. And uh, but I am aware he has you know somewhat very different tastes than I do at times. Uh, we do crossover in places, but he would always talk about Highlander this, Highlander that. Um, and I just kind of took it with a grain of salt because he's you know really into this like '80s action thing that you know it's it's one of his favorite movies. It's probably something I'm not really going to get into. Um, and it was kind of a side thing, and then. I don't know, eventually after years of hearing, you know, it's the best film ever, um, I'm like, oh, I should check it out. And damn, if he wasn't close to actually right on that one, I like, I loved it. Like, blew the top of my head off how much I liked it. Like, it wasn't ah, just, you know, kind of. Pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tell us about your quickening. Yeah, it wasn't just like that it, you know, yeah, it was okay or it was better than I expected. It was that I actually liked it. It is, it is to this day probably one of my favorite 80s movies and certainly my favorite of its kind i guess but um you know uh, you know what makes this such a perfect 
beautiful 80s film more so than any other David (laughs) who said it huh who said it who said what the music the The music music. yeah both of you well I'll take I did hear Eric say but yeah holy fuck David say it first I probably missed it no I know David (laughs) I know David usually like brought it up a lot when we talked so I was like waiting for him to do it of course you said it first I'm like that's fine but yeah holy fuck the whole fucking first movie is the the all the songs are by queen queen fucking did this and they start the movie off with fucking princes of the universe one of the greatest fucking queen songs up there with flash fucking gordon another movie that they all fucking did yeah and what's funny is these queen songs like are songs that i was familiar with via you know knowing queen and their greatest hits albums and um only after seeing the film did I realize, like, whoa, it's not just, like, these are songs they use. Like, these songs are about this movie. Like, it's, <laughs> they actually wrote these, you know, in, in so, uh, so that was cool. Just being that I was already kind of familiar with the songs and then to see them used in this movie um, very effectively as well. So, so I think we've all kind of said that we were pleasantly surprised with the first Highlander film or grew up loving it or whatever. What do you think it is that... I don't know, it's so great about it. Why is it such a good... And it's it's a very 80s movie, but why is it such a good 80s movie? Um, because it's a bunch of, like, fucking immortals fighting each other through time and space to get a prize, having these explosive, nearly orgasmic, like, th- adrenaline, like electric adrenaline fucking things after killing one, one, one another, and it's all done with the fucking soundtrack from Queen. I'm sure there was a better way to execute that whole sentence in the English language. I did not do it, but I tried. Yeah. Sorry. I think that's a, a pretty good start to the list. I also think I would add to the list, like, it has an interesting narrative structure. Um, uh, it goes back yeah. and forth in time, and it, it knows how to, like, from, from a, um, at least from an editing standpoint, I'm not sure how the screenplay reads, but it knows how to put you into, like, draw you into the story and kind of reveal pieces of information, something they try and are not successful with in the second one. Um, <laughs> Bold but, decisions were made, Eric. Bold decisions. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so the narrative structure really works well for it, kind of the back and forth and tell it you're getting like chunks of Connor's backstory as as you move along with his, uh, you know, kind of the, the modern day um, scenario as well and his relationship with uh, Brenda, the police detective and et cetera. Um, also Russell Mulcahy's like just general style is so cool. I mean, there's stuff that's just kind of over the top and wonderful. Uh, his constantly flying camera work, um, the colors that he uses that almost give things like a comic book type hue. Uh, the fact that there are like explosions and, uh, you know, swords clanking together, throw sparks everywhere. It's just very stylistic, otherworldly, I guess comic book style is. It's very flashy. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that, and not to jump too far ahead to comparison to the second one, but one of the things that really strikes me about the first movie is, and I agree with all the comments you're making, you know, it, it's visually, you know, the, the, the soundtrack, the, 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 the way the lines are being, you know, the acting and the performances, the way the lines are being delivered, all of that is, <laughs> is very end product. Honestly, the movie's so crazy. Its concept is really so out there. I, I wonder how it got made, because it on paper, it has to look batshit crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they took a risk with it, and you had all those right parts coming together. Because this Highlander could have really sucked. If one of yep. those elements was off, 
if the soundtrack was bad, that movie would die. <laughs> you know, it's like it's really, I really teetering think on the Queen end. Away. It loses something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's something that really strikes me about it is how it it shouldn't be as good as it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 kind of like lightning in a bottle, isn't it? Because like yeah. Yeah, another pun. <laughs> drink to that. Well, <laughs> like. <laughs> There's so many things that should go wrong in that movie. For example, casting Sean Connery as a Egyptian Spaniard. Spaniard. <laughs> oh my god! And, and then and adding into the second movie, the Highlander as I think Swedish. He is. He's, I think he's French Canadian. French Canadian, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Playing a Scotsman. In front of a Scotsman. Christopher Lambert is, uh, yeah, his Scottish accent is something. <laughs> but he, well, he does good. I don't know. He's great at it. It just, is, yeah. Sorry, and, David. Go ahead. Oh no, it's, and just like you, you just can't make a villain like. Oh no! Why am I blanking on Clancy Brown? Clancy no. Brown, yeah, Kurgan. Kurgan. The Kurgan, like yeah. you can't you can't make that villain in the '90s or today. Like that's something you can only get away with in the '80s. Soundtrack is something Joker, you can maybe. really only get away with in the '80s. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just the right time, right place, and one false move and i feel like that movie would have tumbled over because it's right on that line it really is yeah yeah it's 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 like like an inverted pyramid you know it's got a lot of weight down on a very small point of of forgiveness um but it but it it worked and i guess that's what was so striking about the sequel (laughs) yeah it's and like like you said ryan it's incredibly disjarring yeah and it could be that i mean it's it's a Highlander, like we said, is a very ambitious movie. Like you said, how did it get made? And, you know, if anything was off, it would have toppled under its own weight. But that ambition, you know, paid off. And that, that I feel like moving into the sequel, possibly they were trying to push the envelope even further because they kind of, you know, got away, I don't know, got away with. But those things ended up working and it's a, to its advantage. And maybe they thought, you know, making things a little crazier, digging in a little deeper into the, I don't know, anyway. Um... <laughs> Stay on the first movie for a minute or two more. I have a feeling well, we're going let, to let's do. um. Well, we can talk about. Uh, let's actually talk about the premise itself, like the the yeah. the, the challenge to become the one, where you, like, it, they don't flat out kind of say it. Like in other stuff, they do. Like wiki research, of course, finding out that like so at some point in your life, uh, a per, in a in a chosen one's life, an immortal, they they're a normal human. They get killed in some kind of violent confrontation or battle, and then what? Uh, from there on, like they die, and then they come back to life, and they live forever unless another one of their kind cuts off their head and absorbs their essence, everything that they know, and every ability that they have. So these immortals near the end of the tournament are supposed to be like the the last two are the like just the collection of all the previous immortals like that's the whole that's how the quickening fucking works and it's just like describing that to a person i can imagine them just going cross-eyed going what the fuck are you talking talking about and i'm like yes but it's all let me play queen in the background and try to explain it to you again it starts yeah. with a wrestling match <laughs> yeah. and then from that moment <laughs> um an awesome just like, epic sword fight in a parking garage <laughs> yeah yes Against Man, the this is all before you had any inkling of what this movie's about, by the way, <laughs> or who any of these characters are, yeah, uh, or 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 the love life. David, you you were telling me about the fucking 
pickup lines that I, I, are the no, most I'm, I'm going to wait for the comparison for that. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think I know where you're going, so I, I won't guess. I'll let you. <laughs> we should talk about the cast. Yeah, I was going to say. I was just Next thing I wanted to talk about is how great is Sean Connery in this movie? <laughs> oh, my God. You can tell he's really having a lot of fun in the role. That he's, oh, he's oh, kind of hamming it up. And, and mm-hmm. that, I, that definitely adds to the performance and to the enjoyment of it. Yeah, he's he's great in this. Well, was as David explained, like he he's an Egyptian posing as a Spaniard with a Scottish accent, carrying a Japanese katana. Yep. Yep. Bold decisions, <laughs> every move in I, these. these I owned that sword for a little while. Well, a replica of it. Anyways, carry on. Oh uh, no! Wait. So cool. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a replica of it for a little while. Dude, I totally remember those commercials. Actually, those commercials trying to sell that those swords like on the TV are the only reason I was aware of Highlander before you showed it to me. So the fact that you told me that you once owned one of those, which I'm not surprised, but like no one have I ever seen. Like the I home shopping say, network things? Yes, like no, oh, like sh- the late night infomercials that are only on for like two minutes. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That's and they show you scenes of the movie and shit, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Very impressionable when you're 12 and no context. But um, yeah, it's become full, full circle now. David, why'd you lose it? I. That's a great question for another day. Um, Did you leave it in the parking <laughs> garage? No. Um, Seems like a good place to hide a katana for some reason. <laughs> or not, because they find it right away. Not right away. Only a what's her. Uh, the detective, the the lead female lead this in the modern story, she she finds it right away. Brenda, I think her name is. Yeah, yeah. Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer. Um, I'm, I'm I'm on the Heather fan base. Just. Oh yeah. That, yeah. So. <laughs> You're one of those first loves last forever thing people, huh? No, I just think she has better. I don't know. Her <laughs> de- her her end was way more impactful. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, and in fact, it still makes me cry, and that's because of fucking Queen and that song, "Nobody Lives Forever." No, uh, who wants to live forever? That combination, like, I don't know. It's like, ah, oh, now I'm thinking about what happens if my partner dies. Nope, don't want to think about that. <laughs> Fuck you, movie. Well, <laughs> and that's one of the major strengths. And I'm jumping ahead here, but that's fine. Um, Fuck it, we're all we're, this. The, everything's uh, disjointed, Eric. One of the major strengths of the first movie is that it does take those moments very seriously and it really dives into thinking about, you know, really, you know, vampire fiction has done this in certain places when it's done seriously. Um, but like the, the repercussions or what somebody, you know, who actually had immortality gifted to them or, you know, cursed or whatever you want to put it, but kind of what they would have to live through. And, you know, the fact that you do would have to watch everybody you care about grow old and die. And very um, traumatic. It, it takes all that stuff very seriously, and I think, although the movie can be, you know, hammy and over the top, I think those moments actually, although I think still <laughs> over the top in a gut punch sort of way, um, work really well, and they, 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 they do take it very seriously, and there's actually some legitimately moving moments, um, again, something the second movie is totally devoid of. Yeah. Uh, but, well, very. Very quickly, like, what about, um, for example, because you pointed, because so we mentioned, I mentioned Heather, but what about his, his, I'm going to say pseudo daughter, Rachel, who plays his, Mm -hmm. like, 50 year old secretary. Like, he met, he saved her. She was, she's Jewish, and he saved her when she was a little girl from a Nazi 
that destroyed her home and village. Killed like, her family. <laughs> they don't go anything beyond that. But those that information and how she says goodbye to him before his final fight, like they're very small nuggets. But like Eric said, like they, they're like for that brief moment, like if if they were gave this more attention, they should. But it, it's enough to know that this is really cool. Like this yeah. is very impactful and emotional. This in itself is a whole other movie. Like that, just that storyline well, of like it's literally a setup to the fourth. Is it really? Yeah, they kill her off, and that's what starts the whole fourth movie, basically. The chain of events. Well, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. I vaguely remember. I've seen all of them besides the newest one at some point. Don't. Source doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> I told you, David is the wise man. He's not. Now he's grabbing you. Like, don't fucking do it, man. I've I been beyond that edge. Because I bought the five disc, like, all the movies set, and I've only ever watched the first two. So, it's like... But. Um, um. Oh yeah, but yeah. Supposedly, the director's cut re- reveals or there's a scene of some sort that he's actually adopted Rachel. So, so he she is his adopted daughter. Yeah, I I I kind of assumed that's heartbreaking though when you think about like yeah it was it needs to say it's and, it's cool. I mean, and there's it's, they they don't have a lot of time to spend on it because this this movie's actually really good at telling this really complex story efficiently. Like it's not overly long. It runs about two hours or maybe a little bit over, but considering all the ground it covers that's not bad it's certainly never boring um but yeah they they develop the character enough with the flashback and then they she gets a good scene where you know she kind of has to say goodbye to him and, and it manages to be moving with just as little bit of screen time that uh she's given so right. I don't know. they did oh. things so well in this one what happened <laughs> well there's two other characters we should definitely touch upon and that's of course, the lead Highlander, uh, Connor McCloud, p- played by Christopher oh, yes. Lambert, and the Kurgan, played by Clancy Bl- Brown. Uh, Joe, which one do you want to go with first? He's going to pick Kurgan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, yeah Kurgan. Maybe that's. I did that because maybe I too wanted to pick Kurgan. So, you yes. Why? Because <laughs> Joe, there's going to be so much more discussion about Connor going into the second movie, and we don't get a Kurgan in the second yeah. movie. We get something else. Oh, no, else, we, get but we don't get a Kurgan. Yeah, and I, I I feel bad that this could have been, and should have been, a launching point for Clancy Brown to be like uh, a mainstream headlining actor. He's that not he's, Mr. Krabs from Mr. S- from well, SpongeBob. And and again, I'm not trying to to down Clancy Brown. He's got an amazing career, and he's he's a great actor. He's in some of my favorite movies, but he's not like a list. You know, you know what I mean. He's not have, he's not starring roles. And yeah. he, I probably is, worked out for him though. Uh, oh yeah, I mean he, he he seems to be doing fine with or without my opinion, but <laughs> you know he. Uh, but I agree with you. Again. But but his performance in this as this punk rock villain, <laughs> you know, um, is is just again it's one of those things that shouldn't work, but it does. <laughs> He's hilarious and just this over the top, uh, you know monstrous kind of performance it's fantastic oh and he's having fucking fun with it no, absolutely every fucking second that he's in this movie he's my favorite fucking character <laughs> and so yeah. portable too <laughs> yeah oh yeah what's your what's your favorite from him do you have one you uh my favorite moment from kirkin is when he's in the church trolling everybody 
Oh like yeah. He, he immediately goes up to the. There's that really wonderful moment where Connor's lighting the candles, like Heather. Oh, blah blah blah. I'm a I'm a sad immortal, and then Kirk comes in, like I'm a happy immortal. Blows out all the candles. Yeah, <laughs> he he's one of those villains, and they repeat this in the second movie, where like before a final fight, a villain or a fight, a villain comes on holy ground to taunt Highlander to fight no, like just taunts him. He's like, ah, you can't fight. But it's always like disrespecting like a previous loved one, whether it's Rachel, sorry, whether not Rachel, but it, whether it's fucking Heather's candle or in the sequel, spoilers, Brenda's fucking tomb because mm-hmm. yeah, but like the same fucking interaction. But yeah, Clancy though. That's a theme in the second one. That's, repeated i also find it ridiculous that i mean it works it's one of those things that works but it really shouldn't where you got this heaviest metal punk rocker immortal swordsman (laughs) he's like i'm gonna put on the heaviest thing i can think of and he throws on queen yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) like yeah it works for the movie though because you know um everything's queen in, in highlander uh i think my favorite kurgan moment is when he abducts brenda and kind of runs crazy with a car through new york city just just what he's doing kind of you know uh chewing the scenery and just hamming up his being a crazy and uh over the top uh villain um i think those are my favorite moments with him but he's got i mean like ryan said every moment he's on screen is a great moment kind of so that's the scene that he actually turns on Queen that David's mentioning. Yeah. It's yeah. right before he tortures the fuck out of Brenda in that cart. And I agree. Holy fuck. Uh, to, to parallel that or go, go with that, when he, when he fucking stole the old couple's fucking Corvette and the old lady strapped in there with oh, him. God, and he yeah. just turns to her and going like, <laughs> Mom! Ah, and she's and they turn around the corner and she's just on the fucking hood screaming. And he just keeps driving. Like, with bah, 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 bah. And the dad and the fucking fuck old man husband just running going my car. <laughs> like okay. Yeah. Uh, the Kurgan is up there with my like all time favorite screen villains. I mean I'm not sure he's you know quite up to, next to Darth Vader, but he's on the list for sure. I like, do. Yeah. I want to say real quick that he does segue into a question I had for you guys and your thoughts. So this whole immortality thing, like, cool, like you're impervious to death, um, but you can still get injured, clearly. Um, What does that mean about STDs? Because Kurgan is just fucking so many (laughs) prostitutes. And people in general, he's a rape and pillager type. I'm pretty sure it's tattooed somewhere on him. But, like, yeah. he has to be fucking carrying not only, like, deadly weapons, but the worst STDs possible. You just can't like, think about that stuff or the whole movie falls apart. We've been there. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it right. adds it adds layer into like, this complex case, structure. He's still carrying the Spanish flu, yeah? Or, like, just a ton of other things. Oh, that, he's got like, syphilis in the brain, for that sure. That shouldn't oh, yeah. be there, like... <laughs> he's got I'm strains just... that are extinct now in nature that's what yeah. i'm saying like yeah he like, still has mono in him like it's no this that's point, not he's that. actually more std than he is kurgan so that's right. probably what it is in the end hence his character kind of i will admit his character wasn't as crazy when they first show him you seem like he, he seems like a serious dark guy but when you yeah. see him near the like when you see him in the future in the 80s he is just 
I'm having oh, yeah. fun with this shit. And it's just Time like has not syphilis. been kind to Kurgan. <laughs> just the syph- and his head is the weirdest fucking shape when he shaves it. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, no. Fairly fucking a- alien. I think that's what my head would look like if I shaved it, to tell you the truth. But, yeah. That's, well, I, I that's think why no that's... matter how much hair I lose, I'm never going all the way, so. I, th- I think that's kind of the point, though, is that the Kurgan is very, like, I am not I am not putting any of the weight behind my immortality, and I'm just going to do whatever I want, however I want. Yeah. And I have no consequences, because no other immortal can behead me. Unlike Connor, who's literally the opposite, where he puts everything on his shoulders, and he doesn't want to continue yeah. his existence. Like, they're literally... Well, even after... Even after Ramirez warns him very seriously not to get involved heavily, you know, with, with Heather or with a woman, like, or, or you know, don't fall in love, don't don't do that to yourself. You know, I did it once, and um, he Connor still does. He basically shrugs it off and like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> like, um, and just and continues to throughout. I think pretty much every one of these movies has a love interest of some sort. So Connor, uh, uh, it's Mister Romance. I, I will say it was kind of like I think he also told him like not to continue on with the franchise either like Sean Connery <laughs> to Christopher like listen this is the best you're gonna get with this film they're not gonna get any better don't do it he goes agreed and they both fucking show up in the sequel and he's like dude what the fuck like, if you do Watch, a sequel I, I'm, I'm a gonna show up and be the only good thing about it <laughs> <laughs> exactly but, um, yeah. that joke well let's talk about fucking yeah. fucking McFl- McFly <laughs> different movie McCloud. but that would make it more interesting back to the future if they were actually immortals as well anyways i just uh, had yeah. this vision of, of of biff in sean connery's role <laughs> really i went doing that hitting him with the butt of a sword going hello mcleod <laughs> see i saw that as like a noogie and kurgan thing that's where i went and like that's how he decapitates his fucking trophies no, <laughs> covered in shit sorry yo speaking of back no, to the so... future i was actually gonna bring this up <laughs> when we transitioned because like in back to the future part two where directors and writers have always said well the sequel was meant to kind of be a joke that last scene and if we were actually seriously going to do a sequel we were never going to put jennifer in the car and that same thing is why do i feel like highlander always missteps when it goes into a sequel is because they wrote an ending Yep. Yeah. It was, it was over. A complete film. He won the source. He gets a bunch of powers which he never uses again, apparently, because well, we'll get to that. But yeah, like I feel <laughs> like if they were truly wanting a sequel, they would have never had him win the source the way he did in the first movie because they've had to write around it every sequel afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, kind of pretty much the sin of all the sequels is like the whole tournament is like you're supposed to be the one and they end each movie the exact same way. It's like, OK, now you're the one unless another fucking asshole pops in and like, then we oh, restart wait. the whole fucking game. It's yeah. you're right. That's what breaks it down. Like there's an end written inherently, not just in the story, but in the rules, the whole premise of it in general. Yeah. Well, can can we get a volunteer since we're it seems like we're floating that way to to you know hands up everybody who wants to introduce Highlander to the quickening. I'm on it. I'm oh, on go, it. Go, David, David. Go. Yes. Highlander Tag two is the right. best Highlander sequel ever made. <laughs> I this would is even not argue. a joke. Um, uh, Highlander two, the quickening, 
uh, has been made three different times because uh, you just have to with material that that's good. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Has three movies worth of material. Uh, but essentially what it comes down to is uh, one of the – there. apparently the Immortals were at a war forever. And uh, they got banished. Some other stuff happened. The The point is, is it's a movie about the future and about another Immortal coming in saying, Haha, Connor, you suck. I'm going to kill you now. And then we go on some crazy adventures with – Connor McLeod and Sean Connery in 2015 or something like that. 2024 is the yeah. it's still technically in the future at this point. So. It's it's definitely a after another Judgment Day that happens in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> and this time it was just the ozone layer disappeared, and uh, so to save the planet Earth from ultraviolet radiation, Connor McLeod and a group of scientists. Uh, invented a dome type thing, like a, a shield. shield, like a laser shield. shield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that blocks ultraviolet radiation, but forces the entire Earth into perma night um, to give it kind of a Blade Runner esque, like ne- future noir type oh, setting. This, this movie entire totally thing s- makes no sense, by the way. But <laughs> they they, st- <laughs> I, they definitely stole from Tim Burton's Batman set design. And, and like Eric said, fucking Blade Runner. It's just, yeah. They even have the fucking pyramid. <laughs> it's Joe. What did what did you think? You this is first watch of Highlander two, and you had just recently seen Highlander. Yeah. What was your uh, within the initial first five this? minutes? I hit pause, and Sarah was already falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> so she didn't last long through it. Within five minutes, I paused the movie and turned to her and woke her up by almost yelling, Fucking aliens? They're fucking aliens? (laughs) And then I continued to watch it, and I had to watch it a second time, and that wasn't out of fun, that was out of a necessity, because the first time I watched it, I wasn't sure if it was in if it was that bad or maybe intentionally that bad or was I actually like going insane uh, no it's that bad it, yeah. nothing in that movie makes like there's no motivation that makes sense oh man um, I Ryan go it, ahead it does yeah, uh, go. okay is it is my okay sorry um I think this is the greatest Highlander movie ever made um <laughs> And it's because oh, I, I was kind of with the I kind of could tell you know swallow the great greatest Highlander sequel ever made, but now we're now we're having yeah, and I'm aware of that, and I'm I don't care. <laughs> I I am I and it's because I shit you not, every fucking creative decision, every second of this is a bold creative decision. Like <laughs> oh, it, yes, every true. moment, it you think it goes in a direction. And it goes the completely most ridiculous. And you're like, there's no way they're just going to trump what happened like a minute ago. And they fucking trump it the next minute. I'm like, how? 
Like, in the, and I say it kind of gets kind of dulled at the end, but in the first two fucking acts of this film, I was just on my seat with the biggest fucking grin on my face going, this is so ridiculous. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the most beautiful form of ridiculousness. I am so entertained. This movie is terrible in the greatest fucking way. You haven't even seen the most ridiculous cut of it yet, though. I know. I, know. I want it. Here's my thing, Perfect. though. I argue that the alien approach is actually the coolest fucking thing. And let me explain why. Except it's not aliens in this cut. No, but I I prefer... Dude, I watched the cut, and I'm like, this is aliens. Like, there's no doubt about it. I I know, but it's not supposed to be. They mentioned the, like, in the cut that we watched, they do say, like, we're going to send you to the future. But I'm like, no, you're sending them to a different planet. Like, my brain has already gone, like, this this quote-unquote patchwork isn't effective enough. This is flat out another world. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with this creative decision. I'm just going to go with it. And I'm going to see how it goes. And I'm like, this makes sense. This is how you refresh the fucking series. Because like you said, David, the last movie was enclosed. It was perfect. And then they make this one. I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's just in the same universe. And that's when it clicked. Like, this is how these sequels need to go. The next one needs to be another retelling of an origin story that shows that maybe the Highlanders are like a different immortal throughout different dimensions. Like, in the last one... They are, for some mystical reason, in the first movie, I mean, um, some mystical reason, immortals. And this one, now they're aliens. The next one, you make it up. Something entirely different. I'm like, that is going to be way more risky but entertaining than what they actually fucking did. Because let's be honest, the sequel sucks, and all they did was repeat the first movie. Maybe two had a good idea. Not the greatest (laughs) execution, because they were missing that Queen soundtrack. But not a bad idea, because I was thoroughly entertained. You cannot deny that. It... Just in case anybody is curious, we watched the version that is available on Tubi. Yes. And that, I believe, after doing a little bit of reading, is the 2004, what they call the special edition of Highlander 2, The Quickening, um, which is literally like the word special edition mean to us post-Star Wars special editions, where they went back and took the director's cut, which is called the Renegade version of Highlander 2, and added some CGI effects and cleaned up some stuff and uh, put the preferred ending on it, which I guess Renegade still didn't have. Um, And is that that correct, David? I think so, except I feel like the ending is still... Well, maybe it is, but I I don't remember that being the ending of the movie, but maybe that's what you were talking about, because it it felt like it cut out sooner than I remember it. It did. You're you're actually right. This am I thinking of the Renegade cut that has the longer ending? Well, either yeah, one. Maybe. Like they're supposed. Like in the end, he wins and he's with his new girl, whatever she is. And, okay, because um, I remember Virginia them flying it. off into space, dude. They I do. Told- that's that's the original. They're, yeah. That's what they're the supposed to do. Cut, and I don't know. Maybe it's in Renegade too. But uh, in the original cut, they do. He reaches out a hand to her. She joins him, and they fly off into space. Yep. That's, yep. They go back to the planet Zeist or whatever it's called, where they are originally from. Now, in I am Renegade, so sad we didn't get that. Russell Mulcahy went back and, and removed all the actual uh, dialogue and references to the planet itself and the fact that they're aliens. However, I agree with Ryan. It very much <laughs> is still inferred that they're that it's an alien planet. But anyway, yeah, there's like very Dune. I should have mentioned that, too. This movie tries to be Batman, Dune, Blade Runner, and Highlander. <laughs> um, <laughs> and succeeds it, at none. 
<laughs> uh, it succeeds in a very interesting way. It doesn't it, fail. It doesn't fail. It just makes something stranger. Stranger for sure. Um, yeah. It is one of the beautiful two movie. 80s movies that I can think of that have um, kind of poorly made hoverboard action fight scenes. Oh, and the I other have is that. the Masters of the Universe film. Gl- Glider yeah, McCloud, but... <laughs> big smile, jetpack chase scene. What the fuck? I was screaming it with joy for the jetpack fucking chase yeah. scene. Yeah, that was an interesting choice. I don't know why that was such a thing right around that time. I guess this is not an 80s movie anymore. We're in 1991 now, but it's it's an 80s movie still. Eric, um, but... I said it. Bold, creative decisions every time. <laughs> there, There's yeah. one thing I will give this movie, and that is Michael Ironside's performance. As oh, the my, villain, you mean Crazy Train Katana. himself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy Train, I like that. Crazy yeah that katana that was katana was a was a he wasn't a good villain he was a, he was a terrible villain but the performance of michael ironside is great yes as as almost always he's, Dave, he's just great and everything david what uh you said he was like what the joker i saw a lot of like totally jack nicholson's yeah. joker so david mentioned performance. that performance you mentioned that earlier, like before I, I saw it, and because Joe, you were commenting on on our messages, mm-hmm. and David's like mentioned that, and I haven't okay, I haven't seen it yet. After watch, I couldn't unsee it. Like, yeah. oh my fucking god, in every fucking way. Like, he yeah. would have been so good in that role. <laughs> like oh, yeah. David, like the the subway sequence straight up. I know it's a different movie, but it kind of reminds me of Batman Returns' uh, scene where the penguin gets onto yes. like that arcade cabinet and messes around yeah. with Batmobile mm-hmm. like so heavily wants to be Batman it it just does I mean they um, even have like two beaked villains so yeah but yeah at the same time Katana is literally the worst villain ever made he doesn't have to do anything he does in the movie he could yeah. have just no. waited for Connor to die what it take Literally, what was it? Like three more days, I think? It was a relatively short amount of time. But he's like, nah, I'm going to kill him. And yeah, it's just And just dumb. by showing up, he gives him immortality. Gives him his immortality back because he's like, oh, yeah, my two henchmen will stop him. You know, because... Like, you're going to die. Because <laughs> he didn't kill the Kurgan, who right. killed Ramirez, who killed literally, like, you know... It, never mind. The point, right? No, by quickening rules, he has all the fighting styles of Ramirez and the Kurgan, and so on. David's right. Mm-hmm. There's like, like, you're gonna go back and face a super fucking fighter. Like he's gonna die in three days. Yeah, but I got to do it myself. Yeah, it's it's literally yeah, yeah. A, a selfish. That's issue. literally how it's explained too. Just he's kind of like throws one of those you know classic ADZ one-liners. Like, well, if you can't, you know can't or uh, i don't know can't hire good help kind yeah. of thing got to do it yourself like <laughs> can so can we talk I, about the crazy train train sequence though i won't you absolutely. guys go please oh that, um, that just that. it went from bad to worse i mean it's it's a <laughs> fucked up scene but just when how I do thought, you mean bad to worse i i mean the intensity of it like when he started was like oh he's he's you know taken over the train like oh that's bad it's like oh wow he's 
jokering his way up to the front and randomly killing people and it's entertaining scene you know he's pick messing and with the chill, kid and stuff yeah. and then he starts speeding the train i'm like oh this is this is much worse and then when you start <laughs> seeing like the people flying back i'm like jesus christ and it just kept going yeah. from there it did and to the point yeah, where it's comical because at one point the speedometer reads like 694 miles per hour i'm like no i don't care if it's speed train it don't do that yeah dude doesn't. how how about the fucking prop work for the whole fucking scene like at yeah. one point they literally drop like a baby doll. Yeah. Like how yeah, they have, I saw how they caught they... the baby doll. Yeah, that was crazy. I like, rewound like, to like, did I just see that's the baby? Did I just the flying see the baby? Yeah. Did yeah. I see the baby just smack itself against the fucking back uh-huh. of a train that's going 700 miles per hour? Let me rewind. Yep, I did. I caught it's that. A... I didn't. Don't know if I caught that the first time I saw the movie, but I definitely caught it this time. I was like, wow. Yeah, and it's a that's... brief. Se- well, yeah, I... it's it's a surprisingly like brutal scene and um. I mean, I'm sure it's it, its intention is to characterize Katana, but his character doesn't make any sense. Like he's got so many up, like highs and lows. Um, the scene is great, but doesn't make any sense in the movie. Um, no, it's just like. But there's like three or four scenes in this movie that are just total, like utter nonsense. Yeah, like when he's but fucking that... with the cab driver for yeah no yep. reason. Well, the whole there is a reason. If there's one reason. He's trying to out Kurgan Kurgan. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And you, that's you the can't. entire reason. Like, yeah, that's obviously it. Like, they want right. to keep going with the maniac. Villain. Michael Ironside, go do some Kirk and stuff with the cab driver. Would be better. That that was okay. the director to him. I guarantee it. Yeah. I Take mean, it out my yeah. tab. The entire movie feels like that. Like, okay, well, you know, in the first movie, like like we talked about before, oh, you know, we can go through Connor's backstory in this kind of backtrack chopped way. And it works. Mm-hmm. Let's just do that again. Except, but with it, aliens. But it doesn't work. Like even like the whole thing with this wife, most recent wife dying from sun poisoning or whatever. You know, it's like that was this horribly disjointed, awkward scene. It was weak yeah. as fuck. And well, in this cut, a Heather. No in this up. cut, they left that no till the up, end. No queen. Yeah. In the theatrical, supposedly that's the first scene of the movie. Um, Which would have given some context. Yeah, that, which actually, that I will say that better. that probably belongs there. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Russell Mulcahy, and admittedly, when recutting this, he initially wrote this movie um, supposedly to kind of mirror um, Highlander. So he wanted it told in the kind of that disjointed style. The holding company that owned the rights to everything that they were making, so the, the company that literally owned the production, um, disagreed and eventually ended up locking him out of editing and cut this movie i think chronologically and then trimmed a whole lot of stuff out of it um russell mulcahy he hated the theatrical cut of it and supposedly walked out of the premiere 15 minutes in and sw- you know swore off the movie and whatever i don't know when because obviously it was in the script i don't know when he like disowned the whole planet zeist idea from it but when he went back and made the Renegade version, got a chance to make his own cut. I think he went back and restructured it the way he initially had, had conceived it and totally cut out the alien stuff, at least the dialogue. That well, I... he, he cut out the, like, the dialogue. That yeah. was it. Because there's no way you can cut out the aliens. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They even talk about, you know, the planet and everything. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. David, what well, and he, he make he in his mind, it's somewhere in the distant past of earth is when it 
makes that no was fucking place, sense. Which makes even less sense than the planet size. So, anyway, it's not like it saved the movie, but yeah. So I'm curious. I want to see. Have you, has anyone seen the theatrical? Have you seen the theatrical, David? Not in a very, very, very long time. Like I was a child. Yeah, yeah. I don't think well, I've ever seen. It. I think I saw Renegade, and then I saw this one. So. Well, there's literally what four or five different cuts of this movie yeah there's also a uk or a european cut which again is a different combination of stuff different sequence wow. with a different ending they're all over the place so and it's really trying to be like blade runner there's a <laughs> yeah. tv edit too that's somewhere in between theatrical and renegade yeah um, uh, i do know the theatrical version jams uh both of the katana connor mcleod fight scenes into one so there's only one fight scene between the two of them um which supposedly from what i read feels really weird and disjointed because they're in this totally different location and then all of a sudden they're back up back at the uh, shield generator place and oh anyway um, well that and halfway through that battle that both connor and katana have completely different weapons halfway through because connor has like the minion sword during the first fight, and he has Sean Connery's blade, or his own blade, katana. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, the katana, during the second mm-hmm. fight. And literally, if, if memory serves, like it literally is like a cut where one moment he has his sword, or the minion sword, and then the next moment he has the katana, um, which is really disjointing and confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um... So... Yeah, I am going to attempt to track down a copy of this, whether it's on VHS or whatever. I'm sure I could find it for nothing, almost, on VHS. And, you know, someday sit through the theatrical just so I understand the difference uh, and see what... Because the theatrical is on the list of, like, top 50 worst movie has ever made. It's, like, in the top 10 or 15 movies. So, supposedly the one we watched is so much better, and I want to know why. Because it's still um, not. <laughs> I'm willing to go deeper into that abyss and watch the theatric. I I really want like I want the aliens. But so what about Sean Connery in this one? Yes, uh, oh, he's fucking he gold. The best thing about this one, he's great in this. Even better than almost in the first one. But I mean, he's classic in the first one. But in this, he just gets to be, I don't know, Sean Connery. Well, <laughs> Does I was going to really put do that... anything else, but he does it so well. well. I wrote down that Sean Connery not only has to play the guy out of his time, but also an immortal alien who goes on a shopping spree. Like, he's doing all of it, and it is great every second. Mm. It's stupid. It makes no sense. But my God, can you chew on it? It's silly. The movie's got, like, so many, like, just tonally. The tonal shifts in this thing are so extreme. And maybe this is due to recutting. I don't know, but... Um, his whole portion of the film until he meets up with Connor McLeod is like, you know, the man out of time comedy going on. Um, yeah. Anyway, who's also an immortal alien. It's just a layered (laughs) fucking thing. David. Uh, I agree with everything that's been said so far. Like it's, it's so odd. Um, cause there's that one really weird where he's on the plane and they do the air. Yes. Instructional video. (laughs) And it feels like they ripped that straight out of Airplane. Like, <laughs> It's an SNL sketch. <laughs> yeah. And it shows how fucking panicked he is. Mm. How, about, how about the other one? Oh, finish what you're going to say. Wait, oh, it's no, a sorry. straight up SNL sketch? 
No, no, what I'm saying is oh. it plays like an SNL sketch when you have a guy's like, oh, I've never flown before. What do I do? And the woman's like, drink. And he's like, uh, whatever. And watches the instructional video. By the way, this movie was kind of like nailing it on the future tech. Like it had micro SD cards and yeah. uh, TV screens in the back of the head uh, of an airline plane seat. That was it. But I just wanted to point that out. Um, and pyramids. No, but so he like they showed the video. And a laser shield protecting us from the UV. laser oh, wait, shield. That's yeah. still four more years away. I forgot. Or the ozone layer repairing. Predicted that right. Yeah. Um, for now. Um, <laughs> so, but I was gonna say like so they show the video. Everyone's freaking out in the video, and they're like, "This is how you do it!" And everyone's screaming as they're putting on their masks. Like, and then he's just are watching. flying around the cabin, and like. Yes, it looks like it's, the train crash. It's like the fucking the train, train scene. scene kind of. This whole movie has like it. It's a dick to public transportation. The fucking like <laughs> attack on the taxi, the train sequence, and now fucking flying. Like it is just like trying to tell you something. Stay at home. It's safer. And once again, they're right. Um. So <laughs> I was gonna say that. So he sees the fucking movie. He and he, then he the look on Sean Connery's face of like, what the fuck? Like no, like an immortal was just like. Am I going to crash? Like, it's like the only time you see an immortal, like, oh, I might die from this. Like, that's how I read it. Um, the, the next scene of him on the plane where he's flirting with the woman, you know, bantering with <laughs> yeah, him on the next one, part, has yeah. one of the weirdest attempts at a double entendre I've heard in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you catch that one? No, I want... I Where he's flirting with her, yeah. and the, the the flight attendant comes by and offers him a meal. And he says, you know, no thank you, I never eat anything I can't identify. And she's like, oh, okay, and walks off. And he looks back at the lady he's flirting with, and he winks, and he's like, well, that's not entirely true. Yeah, it's not entirely true. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, dude, what the fuck does that mean? Like, Well, and they edited it out down. special edition, the words that he whispers into her ear. Yeah. But supposedly in the... Um, original cuts two of two cuts of the film it, it, you can hear what he says and it's something about women sitting on men's faces or something so it's very um very james bond but worse almost so yeah like yeah. i don't know in a way that, in a way so knowing like... there were two lines that reference something like that makes it even <laughs> creepier like imagine being on the plane next to him and he just yeah. keeps talking about this you know unsolicited <laughs> well, that... conversation about it <laughs> I feel like really? that's a great segue into just how bad romance is in both films. Oh my oh, god, David! <laughs> yeah, like uh, let oh Connor all all Connor McCloud has to do to secure any sort of relationship is say I'm Connor McCloud, I'm immortal, I'm of the McClan Cloud, and then that's it. Yeah. Oh, and Instant make a woman stab him. Make, he makes my, a woman my, stab him. That's you know. Being an older married man, it's probably not going to come up anytime in the future. But if I'm ever in the point where I need a pickup line again in my life, that's it. It's got to be the best one. Works every time. Just I'm Connor McLeod of the Clyde McLeod. And I I'm an immortal die. and I cannot die. <laughs> Pants <laughs> dropped time. instantly. Well, yeah. Especially the scene with Virginia Madsen. What or, or, what's her name? Louise. Fuck was in this that? one, we're just like, hey. I'm going to say this. This We just met. You watched me turn from an old dude into a young dude. And I'm going to say this one line to you. It's literally the second conversation we've ever had. And then we're going to have sex in an alley. And that so. fucking nasty dark alley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to grab your neck like a few times. Yeah. No. I'm going to grab well, your I mean, neck a few times. And then she said, 
no, I'm not a terrorist. And he went, okay. And that was Well, it. I'm mortal. So. <laughs> and I'm also still much older than you think I am. <laughs> and it's it's sad, because Virginia Madsen is a talented actress, and she's kind of totally wasted in this movie. She's just uh, well, there. Well, how, for... how about John uh, McGinley? Mm-hmm. Mc... Fucking Dr. Cox himself. I did not expect... Guys, I swear to God, every fucking time that I saw, like, I was talking to Dave when I was watching this. Every second, I kept responding with bold creative decision. And seeing fucking Dr. Cox from Scrubs <laughs> show up as, like, a secondary bad guy. And I'm like, I'm also invested in this bad guy. Doing I, I, an incredibly terrible Orson Welles impression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah doing the weird, like, doesn't even sound like him. I, he almost kind of sounded like he was dubbed. But, you know. I feel like a lot of places this movie was dubbed, though. That entire church sequence yeah. is dubbed. Yeah. 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 Could be. Yeah, you're right. The church sequence looks like it was, too. So maybe he was dubbed for a lot of it. <laughs> you never know. He, but I think I he like admitted he... to, I was reading on the Wikipedia page, doing it in a deep timber because he was trying to do an Arson Wells thing, which I don't pick up on at all. I, I don't just, either. It's really doing, bad. Like, fake deep voice. Like, but anyway. There are I, just so I... many subplots in... Oh, in yeah. the quickening that make that go nowhere and or, or just linger too long i don't know if you're gonna but, make a movie about like the ozone layer going away and putting up a shield around the earth well that's a stupid idea for a movie but so is immortal swordsman in scotland <laughs> so fine make that movie but don't try to mix them together all right it doesn't work also, aliens, Joe. There's and aliens, more than just nobody two. <laughs> Future, aliens, immortals. With swords. But, yeah. Also, I'm an immortal. Or changing the quickening while still having the quickening be the quickening. Like, yeah. the, oh, the, the how they even bring Sean Connery into this movie takes so many mental gymnastics. Like, okay, so they get <laughs> banished, get completely reborn as human... Like, oh, I'll find you Soul bond. They also have a soul bond. Well, yeah, Yeah, they have a soul bond. But, like, uh, how? Like, because Connor clearly doesn't know Ramirez in the first movie at all, up until they meet. Yeah. Maybe Ramirez He doesn't even trust him. There's, like, no anything, yeah. Because, I mean, Ramirez did go and track him, and he's like, oh, we're brothers. So maybe Ramirez wasn't on it the whole time, but that's, that's very doubtful. And... Um, it's just a mess. Whole mess, the quickening. I was gonna say, to clarify what you're saying, David, is is the quickening in this one is not only... Because he kills two fucking people, so he quickens twice, McCloud. The first one turns him young, uh, and he doesn't even mean to kill the guy. He just pushes... Like, he's old man McCloud and just pushes the guy, and he falls in front of a train, and the right, head gets so chopped I feel off. Like that's and he shouldn't and even they work. Zo- well, they zoom straight to his face, and he's like, ah, shit. Because he realized, like, oh, I technically killed that guy, which means I'm going to fu- fucking absorb his shit. So he's fucking first off like, shit, I was three days away from, well, permanent retirement. And then he gets fucking dragged <laughs> back into the force. In. No, and they pull me back in. And then he kills the second guy, which, like we said, fucking glider, jetpack, st- fucking, like, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, all, no, Spider-Man 3 all over again. <laughs> we're just fighting through alleyways i loved it we gotta talk about that but kills that guy uses that energy and just says like ramirez and fucking sean yeah. connery on the stage learning the word shithead 
Yep. In, in far away. Yeah, basically the they made a pact, a one a one line throwaway line pact that well if you if you ever need me, just say my name and I'll find you. And yeah, that's that that was it. Like he said his name and boom, back to life. Like if it was that easy. Then he why goes didn't on. Ramirez come back to life forty times in the first movie? Like it's like Which <laughs> means he's still kind of immortal story. now, isn't he? I mean, if yeah. he could just keep dying and coming back whenever somebody says his name. Oh my god, yeah, there's, it's there's so many it logic doesn't make loops. Any sense at all. He, it was we need Sean yeah. Connery in this movie, which I which I agree with. Yes, they did. <laughs> which but, is proven true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they needed them for every movie. Like I said, going back to my thing create a new story every time it could just be the delusion of mcleod like he, he just he's just a man who thinks he's a fucking immortal i don't fucking care and he just goes on these <laughs> wild adventures like bobby's world or some shit like that like a well, multiverse he, or something yeah like he's yeah. he's he's actually just a like a guy who's just sitting there like like a fucking what is it saint elmo whatever well, Not this, saint elmo. this movie unintentionally created a multiverse because this is one ending and then, because in the next movie, they completely disregard the quickening. It never happened. Well, I mean, yep. do it in a fun yep. way, not in I'm trying to oh, like, no, no, hide no. my past sins like a Last Jedi Skywalker situation. When does the third movie take place? After the first. In, like, mid-90s. Yeah. Like, they never let Connor McCloud get old. They just kind of, like... It's and kind of like, yeah, this never happened. What, well, what since the second happened. movie takes place so far in the future, maybe it's still all part of a continuity. No, no. it's not at all. No. It's not at all, because <laughs> their their justification in the third movie is that a random immortal gets uniced. And then yeah. the game is suddenly back on. It's always a person yeah. returns from the past or and is, like, discovered in a cave. That was one, too. Like, one's just knocked out in a cave. Like uh, it, it really complicated the whole thing more than And I than won't aliens. say how, but the fourth movie completely invalidates the second movie with the decision they make in the fourth movie. Oh, Because wow. it's, it's a huge, 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 huge you could spoiler. say how. No, I'm not going to say it because it's literally the biggest spoiler of that movie. Um, and I want people to continue to watch it even though I secretly say don't because it's a rabbit hole you have to go down through at least once. Um, yeah, I feel like I, after watching these two this week, I'm going to probably dive in and watch the rest of them again. I, I, you could skip three if you want. It's literally Highlander 1 again. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Same movie. Yeah. Almost <laughs> almost pound for pound. Um, do we get... Is that do we get Duncan McLeod in that one? Yet? No, or is that uh, four when Duncan they get together? Yeah, four. it's the lead of the uh, the TV show, and then he comes in yeah. for four and five. Okay, yeah, right. And I think I've seen all of those. I may have even only seen the first four. Anyway, I'm probably I'm probably going down this rabbit hole. I can't help it. And I got kind of like nostalgic and thinking I might want to watch some of the TV series again. Maybe I'll do that. But <laughs> be careful. Have you guys ever tried rewatching early '90s TV shows recently? Yeah, it's hard. Oh yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's like it's like shoving a potato up my ass without freezing it for the hemorrhoids. Just <laughs> doing it. I, I just bold feel like creative the, decisions the, every time. The entire. I think the the, the boldest decision for highlander 2 was or for the highlander series was not to stop after one movie there's you yeah. said they're they're at highlander 5 now that's or is there more oh highlander, they did an highlander 5's the new ending after the, yeah, four ended, after <laughs> yeah. four ended in after three ended in after two ended in okay and source definitely killed it like oh source not killed just, it 
Like, it killed yeah. it. Like, it really was the last one. Well, uh, it, it's it's a movie that didn't need four sequels and a TV series. It was, right. It was fine. And I was actually trying to think about other movies that have kind of done this, that have these this big following, but... It was, it's a following that was just forced because you know people said they wanted it, but the story didn't need it. Like the Matrix comes to mind. Terminator. Quick, yeah. Quick correction. Term, you know, Joe okay. mentioned what the four uh, four additional movies and a show. It had two, two other shows. shows. Oh, it had two uh, shows. One was an, one's an a fucking cartoon. Well. Oh, yeah, wow. oh my there was god. A okay. Oh my god. You're right. So there's the fucking... Raven. There's animated. Yeah. And then yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I just, yeah, it's a huge like. There's this huge amount of Highlander stuff out there, and there's it's got a pretty you know substantial fan base, and it really all comes down to just the first movie's really great, and I think people just keep going back to <laughs> wanting to experience something along those lines, and it's just probably not ever going to happen. Um, I, I do admit to enjoying the television series a bit, and it wasn't always great, but. It had its moments. A television series is all around probably the most consistent Highlander property. Yeah. Like, because obviously the movies aren't. The movies is a straight wee roller coaster. Um, yeah. You but know, there, there's a reason why they tried to put in Duncan into the movies because yeah. he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add to just very as we're, we talk about like the whole negativity of like trying to just truly beaten a good idea until it's a horse a dead horse i think i use that right if not who cares moving on <laughs> highlander toot it bold creative decision i was g- no i fucked myself up another bold creative decision <laughs> yeah. another bold no i was gonna say like talking about how bad these are um the star wars fans complain so fucking much about how much their franchise has been abused they have not huh. been highlander fans well, they're also not hellraiser <laughs> yeah, fans no either or texas yeah. Jones, just so just so Basically, many fans of franchises just franchise. looking at yeah. the star wars people going like you still get a massive million dollar budget billion dollar budget yeah. shut the fuck up mm-hmm. yeah you're and yeah, you're sci-fi channels made the last two highlander properties so I was going to say, your ending isn't a sci-fi movie original that was originally supposed to be a backdoor pilot to a TV series they never made. <laughs> yeah. I just went Well, there, it that. is being remade. I mean, it's still in production right now. We're going to get a Highlander movie again. Well, um, honestly, that's I, all you can do with it at this point. Like, but, yeah. Crazy. Who wants to see it remade, though? It's like, I'd rather watch another bad sequel than I do. just not I, watch I want, it. But... I want to see someone get it right. Before like I a die. Netflix series, a like reboot a, yeah. of some sort that leaves the first film as it's kind of like a la I don't I mean I oh, know you really horror movie guys but a la like the new Halloween movie that just kind of like continues from like hey you know the sequels that weren't good those never happened like we're gonna well, start off you, and just like a really good continuation of the story I'd be all in I don't but, think you could do that with Highlander though because Christopher Lambert yeah. is literally in his sixties. Or oh, later. he was right. He was he legally blind different. when he was no. shooting this film. No, yeah, yeah. he can't see worth a shit. Like he was swinging around a sword and couldn't see anybody. He almost like well, actually he decapitated. Knocked Michael people. Ironside's tooth out, I think. I yeah, know, like but... he couldn't see for <laughs> shit. But I want to um, say, like, guys, so... this is how we got to do it. I want a spinoff sequel series, and I want it to be Psychic Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Because they gave that I mean, whole I'd gag in 
in the quickening. Like, I'm like, I legitly want to see this show. Also, another thing to add on the list that what Highlander 2 effectively predicted, shitty, bizarre reality TV. That's purely, so so purely desperate and just garbage. And it's like, I want to see Psychic Cook. What was the, what was the premise of it? I, what? He, uh, so there was a cook that could also, you know, talk to the dead and he had, he would dead bring dead celebrities to his show. To yeah. Cook. To cook. I mean, there's there's more ridiculous stuff on TV right now than that, so I want to see it. I, yeah, we're looking <laughs> at you, Kid Nation. Yeah. Um, anyway, our, moving on. I just wanted to say I, that's what we I, need. We need the spinoff Psychic Cook <laughs> series. I'm gonna say we got about like five minutes left in this conversation, and I just wanted to like kind of go around the table and, and say, and Ryan, you pointed out quite a few, but I'll give you a chance to point out more if you like. But like, Highlander Two is not a very good movie. It's a tr- it's essentially a train wreck, all puns intended. For that <laughs> yeah. Train scene. Um, Drink to pun. And, uh, but like, are there things that are good about it? Like, does anything work for you? Was there anything that was enjoyable? Um, what are your like? I mean, I guess we could give it. We could kind of grade it if you want. But what's your final thoughts on Highlander Two very, and, and how it compares to the first one? So. Very quickly before we go forward. Do we uh, actually want to talk about Christopher Lambert and Connor McCloud? We have not talked about the main character of the fucking two That's movies. Um, Maybe. Sure. Let's... If you guys want to. I just wanted to point that out before we I go. Think, do we did. feel like we covered him throughout, like, I, talking about I everything else? I kind of like, feel like we did. I mean, I mean uh, we did talk than what about I would his say old about man voice. Christopher, oh, Christopher God. Lambert is... Can we like, talk about the old man voice oh, in two? Yeah. Okay, oh, we Jesus. can talk about that fucking mick squeaky <laughs> yeah it's yeah, like he it couldn't really settle weird. on a voice it was that he a, wanted to use. what is it right a bold creative decision <laughs> a, a very fucking bold creative decision thank you for picking up on the funky uh tagline yeah yeah oh my god why can't he do accents christopher lambert can't do any accents and it's great you don't know what he's fucking trying to do it's like i don't know what he's trying to do is he trying to like summon the i don't know what you're talking about ryan he killed the outworld accent in mortal kombat so (laughs) well we'll review that in another day we're talking about the fucking quickening yeah yeah, I don't know what's up with the squeaky voice thing. That was weird. Oh, like, you do, Donnie. It was like legitly like weird like that. It's like yeah, but it kind of went in and out. Like he'd kind of sound like regular Connor McCloud, and then all of a sudden he'd be like. <laughs> I mean, he did the <laughs> same like thing with his Scottish accent too. Yeah, that's true. He was <laughs> so. only had a Scottish accent when he was saying things like "I," <laughs> like "I," "I." No. Just make sure I you hit it on McCloud, and then you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, that was the tractor. Maybe that's what you know gets him all that tail in those movies, right? You know. <laughs> It's, it's that turning on the Scottish accent for 3.5 seconds when he says, Well, I mean, Connor McCloud. <laughs> being an immortal, I, I would assume that with how long he's lived and how long he's traveled, wouldn't he kind of have a almost every you know, accent kind of in store? Is, you know what I, I mean? That was the excuse Literally I was trying to use. the way I retconned it in my brain. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wanted to do the same, but then I heard the old man voice, and I'm like, nah, it's the acting. <laughs> Like I can't now. No, no like I can't I, undid it entirely. I get it. Yeah, I'll admit. Yeah, he doesn't get accents at all, but he does something right in in that he's very like watchable and oh yeah. Maybe he's not a great actor, but he's yeah. I don't know. I enjoy him in these. He's he. I think he can. I think older McLeod, not old man McLeod, but like in the eighties McLeod in the Highlander one, he is in 
like I believe him being a charismatic but intimidating immortal. Um, two, I don't know what the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> he definitely got stomped out by literally everybody else. But uh, other than that, I don't know if that that helps. I'm I'm just adding. If you want anyone else wants to build off of that, <laughs> Joe, Not any thoughts on, yeah. on Chris I, Lambert, Lambert, whoever you. Want. How about you, Joe? I, I was just trying to think like. Other than Mortal Kombat, what else have I seen him in? Have you seen the Stu Gordon film uh, Fortress? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. He, That's he played them. Beowulf at one and he point was, too, and he was in the Grendel yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, definitely like a B movie actor, and mm-hmm. I, the the old and I liked him in the first movie, but in this second one, it the old man voice was just so fucking distracting and weird. But everything was weird. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm still a bit shook from that two viewings. Can somebody of that. get Can somebody get Joe a security blanket? Like, yeah. No, I'm it, sorry. It's it, it's more like mouth of madness, rubber cell. I'm not insane. This movie actually <laughs> exists, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean. Yeah, you know, I, so one of the things that that this series, these two, this two parter that we were doing here, reminded me of, and this is a bit of a tangent, but I'll make it quick. It's just it was a, a memory that it reminded me of that I felt was appropriate. Is when I was a teenager, like a you know twelve, thirteen years old, young teenager, I went with my aunt and uncle one time to like a corporate family picnic thing they were having in Rockford um, for his company, and they had games and prizes and stuff. And one of the games was hitting a golf ball so many yards and trying to get as close to like a pin in the ground as you can. So I went up so and golf. Yeah. Right. This was just yeah. like, who can get closest to the pin was the contest. And I actually swung and hit it on the first try and went up and it actually hit the ground where the pin was going into the ground. It was essentially a hole in one, which, and I won the gift certificate to the golf store or whatever. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe golf's my sport. Golf is not my sport. Golf is definitely not my sport. <laughs> I suck at golf. I'm terrible at it. I do it about once every two years with somebody and be like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't do this. I'm terrible at it. That Totally misread that one. Huh? That was a fucking fluke. That should not have happened. And it gave me this false sense of, well, I'll just run with my ambitions now, which I should never do. I know where this <laughs> is going. <laughs> the first movie is a hole-in-one at a family picnic. It shouldn't happen. Because it's yeah. going to give somebody, whoever did it, the false sense that they can go on and get that lightning in a bottle twice. And they cannot. So the boldest creative decision was taking the success of the first Highlander and thinking, let's expand this. Not that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go and... Uh get some final thoughts on this thing real quickly and um we definitely got joe's that's yeah that is my final thought so yeah final thoughts, let's so. transition to the next david what david or david? eric go ahead david uh oh man i got put on the spot um highlander take your time take highlander your time. 2 is the best highlander sequel ever made highlander 1 yeah. is literally the perfect disaster and how good it is despite all of its faults. And I feel it just like how Chris, uh, Connor McLeod is kind of like the antithesis to the Kurgan. 
I feel like Highlander 1 and Highlander 2 are literally on that same fault, but it's two different movies. Like, pin drops in either direction, and here you have this brilliant movie in one and this absolute disaster in Highlander 2. I remember <laughs> saying before in the podcast I was going to try to be a devil's advocate, but I couldn't even make it my <laughs> Uh Yeah. Uh, but just anybody who wants to get into the Highlander franchise... Watch the first one so you know how good of a concept it is. Watch the second one to understand how far it can fall and then stop. Because it just gets worse. At least Highlander 2 gets the it's so bad it's good status because of how Sean Connery and Michael Ironside just ham it up the entire time. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, that's my final thoughts. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, I think it it does kind of hit on that level of so bad it's good, but in comparison to the first film, it just ultimately is such a disappointment because the first film, whether it's Lightning in a Bottle or whatever, is, you know, among my favorite 80s films, period. Like, it's just a favorite, it's become a favorite of mine, even though I discovered it relatively recently. But, um... I don't know. All by itself, Highlander 2 is a somewhat amusingly bad movie. Like, it's just... It's it's out there in left field, and you can have fun with that. It's not totally devoid of entertainment value. Um, it's also got some cool stuff um, as of, like... Their set design's kind of cool, even though, you know, Ryan said it's very, very much borrowed from other versions of kind of futuristic noir cities. Um, I'm pretty sure they flat-out stole so. sets that were thrown out. I'm <laughs> <Possibly>. not... <laughs> There's no uh, way they had the budget. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but it's so yeah. For me, it's not total. It's not a total loss. I'm not mad. I rewatched it. I think it's a kind of a crazy movie, especially like it, it was a unique experience to watch it back to back with with Highlander because you do see, like you said, how far how far it can fall. So um, I don't think we're doing grades today, but like it. I wouldn't say it's a total loss. If you really, really love the first one, um, it's worth giving it a it's worth giving it a watch just to see what it's all about. Um, it's not good, <laughs> and compared with the first one, watch back to back, it's it's highly disappointing. But um, yeah, I I don't think we'll ever you know we could go on and talk about the rest of the movies someday, but you're never gonna get back to that level of the first one. So maybe you're better off you know being where Joe was at before we forced him to watch this one but <laughs> just don't yeah because now i feel like i i need to <laughs> i blame you i <laughs> no i i don't know i might i don't know if i'll check out all the the tv stuff that's an investment but yeah um, yeah that was, i would recommend yeah. just a couple episodes to get kind of an idea of who duncan is so that way when sure. you do go into movies four and five you're not completely lost as to who he is because they, they don't give you a whole lot of explanation of who he is, if I remember correctly. Uh, that could be cut out. I'm just saying that for if you decide to go down yeah. that path. No, that's actually movies. a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Ryan, do you have any final... Well, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think it's... I've I, My glee has made this obviously clear where it's going to go, but I'll, I'll go in an order. Um first one like everyone fucking said like this is a quickening in the bottle um like it truly is the one when it comes to the 
premise of what it's trying to do. It's not perfect. Like I actually think the way they try to tell the backstory can be disjointed. However, they try to save it with some pretty creative like fade back into's. So it's like that's pretty neat. At least that attempt's made. Um, but this is a big story. It has a lot of lore to it that I think the failure is it can't be contained in a two-hour movie. It should be like how we see nowadays in media, like a, a, a Netflix series. Like give give a chance to really chew on this universe because it is fascinating. That's the reason that so many people wanted more. They wanted an expansion of what Highlander 1 created. It had a great beautiful queen soundtrack um layered over immortals fighting one another uh to the death throughout time to get an uh, a supernatural grand prize which let's face it when okay when they show the quickening at the end we didn't bring this up in the first movie it's not like the others where it's just lightning striking the body the final quickening the one of all quickening is frightening like there's oh, nothing, yeah, there's nothing yeah. benevolent about it. It is just, wait, I think I reused that. It's violent. It's uh, not violent. It's 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 grotesque. It's animated like d- demonic, in a way. And it's like it adds. And they're like, did our super, did I, did our hero just absorb evil, and now he's carrying on? And they, there's no explanation. It's interesting. It creates that. Now, what that evil was for a lot of people is two. Like, oh, the curse is you get to live on into a sequel. Um, <laughs> but as I so – that's my segue into this. So, uh, like, everyone just glorifies one for good reasons. And then two is like, we're going to do it the ba- – we're going we're gonna to strip it down to its bare bones, immortals fighting one another uh, to the death, quickening. But we're going to give it a whole new green skin. That's an alien joke, the best I can do. And I, I, I know there's the redo where it's like they're back in time, but fuck that. I like the aliens. This is weird, but I'm like, this is the only way to save the franchise in terms of make it a ridiculous fucking entry every point at this point. Because you have one. Like, keep going bolder. Because that, like I said, every fucking second I was filled with glee. Like, this is stupid, but this is so beautifully stupid. Like, there's no way they're going to one up, unless it was fucking intentional, let's one up it every fucking second for something even more over the top and like this doesn't add to any lore but this is a whole new weird world (laughs) like what is going on you know what it was here i'm gonna make it like the best way i can compare to for me on this podcast is the whole entirety of highlander 2 is my garbage day line (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't part of that review, but that whole, uh, what was the 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 Silent Night fil- film? Yeah, like Silent the Night, greatest... Deadly Night Two. Yeah. You guys told me, listen, you don't have to see the sequel. Just see this. Joe did this. He's like, just see this one line, and it's garbage day. Play the soundbite, whatever. <laughs> and and I'm like, that's great. That's beautiful. I don't need to see more. The whole fucking Highlander Two is garbage day for me. That same level of like, this is stupid but I'm having so much fucking fun. The whole movie was like that for me. I mean, the last thing I ever would have fucking expected is fucking Connor McCloud fucking fighting on gliders in a fucking alleyway. <laughs> or, or fucking Ironside being the Joker and massacring a fucking whole train of people and a baby 
people smacking their heads and you have that weird fucking prosthetic with the fake ass eyes for a brief fucking sec. Like, what's going on? Like, this whole, it's just, that's the best way I can do it. This movie is garbage day and I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think it works in that way too. Like, I'm not sure I'd go on, on and say I love it, but I certainly oh, no, don't it ru- find it unentertaining. Like, it's. Yeah. That's the only way to save yourself in this series, I think, is like, enjoy the garbage that it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, Joe, I give it an if, A. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, people uh, have any um, thoughts on uh, Highlander 2, how do they reach out and uh, let us know? Oh, we would actually welcome that, of course. I'd love to know if anybody has seen any of the other cuts or uh, if you have any thoughts on the 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 serious downfall of Highlander to Highlander 2. Please send us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at videojunkpod or find us on Facebook at our Video Junkyard Podcast main page or the Video Junkyard Podcast group. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, we'd love to hear from you and uh, talk about it on the show. And coming up on the Video Junkyard Podcast, next week we're going to look at another film um, that has a much maligned, very kind of different sequel, and that is we're going to look at Swamp Thing and the Return of Swamp Thing, um, kind of in a sister show to our Highlander one that we did tonight. So I hope you will consider coming back and joining us for that. other than that, yeah, we're going to continue to pull most of our films or the films that we're watching from the Tubi TV service. Um, we've been having a lot of fun doing that, and uh, we'll continue. Hopefully you guys are watching along uh, using Tubi. It's free and a uh, good way to have a good selection of you know, fun stuff to watch. And as long as that continues, I think we'll probably continue using that. By the way, both Highlander films are available on, that we discussed tonight are available on Tubi. Um, yeah, so if you're interested, check them out. And if you haven't seen them already, and if you have, go check them out again. Um, I want to thank you, Ryan and David, for joining us tonight. Hopefully uh, we uh, touched on our, all of your Highlander-related things that you wanted to talk about, because uh, unfortunately it's one that I don't feel like we get enough of a chance to talk about, this uh, this fandom or this uh, uh, series. But yeah, thanks thanks for coming on and uh, letting us uh, sharing your thoughts on these movies. So. Awesome. Oh, I was waiting for Dave. Are you guys there? <laughs> I was ready for Ryan. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, How cute. David, you go. Come on. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no it's always a pleasure. These are these are literally some of the better chats we have. You know, ever since Transylvania 7 million or whatever that movie was. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's always a good no, time. fucking speak its name. I will always speak its name. It's so ingrained in my memory and I just need people to be tortured by that movie now, so I'm going to mention it whenever I can. Way to share trauma, David. Yeah. That's how I roll. Awesome. Well, we want to thank everybody once again for tuning in to Video Check Your Podcast. Hopefully, you catch us next time. Until then, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm David Andrews, and uh, Ryan's here too, I think. Yeah, I'm Ryan Syskel saying it's better to burn out than fade away.
You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word I want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafried. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs>